The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a wonderful Thursday afternoon to you here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here. Always very privileged and honored to serve as your concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show. Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It is T-minus 40 days to uh, what I believe is... Not one of, but perhaps the most profound opportunity that we have to rescue our culture and our nation from falling off the cliff, really. And I'm, I at at, at the beginning of the year, I was saying, "Oh, this this will be a tipping point." I don't believe it's a tipping point, as I've reiterated many times of late. I. I liken it to a speeding car approaching the edge of a cliff. And depending on what happens on November 8, 2022, that's 40 days from now, we're either, I believe, going to jettison off the cliff into destroying our culture and the Constitution and those things that really hold us together, or we're going to come to a screeching halt throw that dude into reverse and begin backing up, turn it around and begin the the slow but steady process to returning to the rule of law, to returning to the tenets of the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights and, and the foundations of the Declaration of Independence and the undergirding of the Judeo-Christian ethic. I believe it's, uh, it, it, it is that stark of a contrast coming up in in 40 days. And here's, (laughs) here's another reason for it. And this is our vice president, Kamala Harris, in the DMZ zone there in Korea. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And... It is an alliance that is strong and enduring. What? You may say? Yeah, let me play it again. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. An alliance with the Republic of North Korea, Vice President of the United States of America, telling the world that we have an enduring alliance with North Korea. I, what I, I'm, I'm just saying, forty days from now, and that this is not just picking up on a gaffe. Everybody misstates something, sometime. Sounds like a song that ought to be made. Everybody misstates something sometime. I do that. You do that. The point is to be as careful as we can. And when we are representing the United States of America, how can we possibly tell the world that we're in an enduring relationship with North Korea? This is unbelievable. 
unbelievable. And we have a president right now who, who we know, we know is not tracking well mentally. He's not. We have a situation in Ukraine with Russia that's a tinderbox. We have a situation with the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines and explosions there. And the world is at a tipping point. And we have an administration where we have a president who's not mentally functioning well. And we have a vice president who thinks that we have an enduring relationship with North Korea. T-minus 40 days, my friends. How will we respond? All right, speaking of responses, let's just touch base on what's happening in Florida. And I'm, on a personal level, very relieved to say that uh, my brother-in-law and folks that I know uh, in Florida, on the west coast of Florida, have uh, survived uh, and uh, at least for my brother-in-law, his townhome is still intact, and that's good. But uh, the, the downside is a, a lot of homes have been destroyed, and there's a lot of destruction in the path of Ian. Well, it is once again, remember it slowed down, its winds slowed down a bit, but it is once again achieving uh, Category 1 hurricane level, as it barrels towards South Carolina, expected to land uh, near Charleston uh, shortly. Uh, Hurricane Ian gaining strength over the Atlantic. Winter or weather warnings, rather, are in effect for Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. And they suspect that northern Florida, as they say, may feel the wrath of Ian once again as it re-intensifies. According to poweroutage.com, over 2.6 million Florida customers are without power. That was as of about an, oh, two hours ago when we, when we checked on that. U.S. National Hurricane Center says the storm's maximum sustained winds increased today to 75 miles per hour. And what's significant about that? Well, Category 1 basically is about 79 to 95 miles per hour. It uh, got close to, if not achieving, a Category 5, which is 157 miles per hour. Uh, If you remember when it made landfall on Wednesday, yesterday, on Florida's west coast, uh, it came in... Uh, at 150 mile per hour plus winds, of course, uh, the storm flooded homes, cut off a popular barrier island, and uh, again left uh, somewhere between 2.6 to 2.7 million people without power. So a very, uh, very serious situation there. And and some of the folks that we deal with at Advancing Vibrant Communities, these are the the wonderful people at meettheneed.org, they supply the technology that we use to connect people in need with those people who have the resources they need. And uh, that that technology, by the way, people often don't know this, but the technology that we use was over 10 years in development, over $1.5 million involved, thanks to Jim Morgan and 
Tanya Nichols and the good folks, uh, good folks at MeetTheNeed.org. Uh, they are based in Florida. Fortunately, to this point, uh, they have not been radically uh, affected, but they they have blessed this nation. And I won't go into it right now. But as I tell secular organizations and nonprofits and ministries as well. If you'd like to take advantage of what we do at Advancing Vibrant Communities, that technology is free. And you can make it look like it's on your own website, all for free. It's just an amazing, amazing thing. And we could not do what we do without meettheneed.org. So I'm uh, the point being, I'm so relieved, A, personally, that my brother-in-law is, uh, is safe and secure and his town home survived. He, he's actually been uh, holed up at his work, which is a relatively new building and uh, can withstand a, a lot of those winds, but also our friends from meettheneed.org uh, surviving as well. So uh, a lot of relief there, but also uh, we also want to keep in our prayers uh, those people who have lost friends and family members as well. Uh, the rescue efforts are uh, ongoing at this point, and of course, uh, a lot of destruction in the path of Ian, and Ian's not done yet, as it's picking up speed again and may affect uh, North Florida and, of course, South Carolina as well. So uh, we will keep abreast of that and let you know if there's any breaking news as, uh, as we proceed uh, through today. Coming up in a couple of minutes, let me, and I have a question for you about this, and, and maybe you see it differently than I do, and that's fine. I'd, I'd love to hear about it. I think if someone assassinates a candidate for especially a national office, like maybe president, that that assassin ought to spend the rest of his or her life behind bars. They, they should not be allowed out again. Well, Sirhan Sirhan, if you recall, Governor Gavin Newsom denied his parole. Remember, he was the man who assassinated Robert F. Kennedy in 1968. So uh, Gavin Newsom, to his credit, denied parole for Sirhan Sirhan not too long ago. He's in a prison in San Diego. Well, apparently an attorney for Sirhan Sirhan says there's no evidence that he's a threat. I'll give you the details on it. My opinion is he ought to stay behind bars. What do you think? 209-551-3483. We'll discuss that in more detail coming up in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We're talking about Sirhan Sirhan, uh, the assassin of uh, Robert Kennedy back in 1968. If you remember, Robert Kennedy had won the uh, Democratic uh, primary for president. And uh, this was at, uh, remember it well, the shooting was at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. Sirhan was originally sentenced to death, but that was commuted 
when the California Supreme Court briefly outlawed capital punishment in 1972. Now, he has been denied parole 15 times until last year when a parole board recommended his release. Gavin Newsom, our governor, and I give him credit for this, rejected his freedom in January. Governor Newsom saying that Sirhan remains a threat to the public and has not taken responsibility for a crime that changed America, American history. Now, Sirhan Sirhan's attorney, Angela Berry, filed a petition yesterday asking a Los Angeles County Superior Court judge to reverse the governor's denial. And she says there's no evidence that Sirhan remains dangerous. As a 53-page writ of habeas corpus asking the judge to rule that Newsom, the governor, violated state law which holds that inmates should be paroled unless they pose a current unreasonable public safety risk. And they're also saying that recent California laws required the parole panel to consider that Sirhan committed the offense at a young age, 24, and now he's an elderly elderly prisoner. Uh, 24 years old, you certainly know what you're doing. You're no juvenile at age 24. By the way, here's a little trivia thing. Sirhan Sirhan and I share something in common. Yeah, we both attended the same high school in Pasadena, but at uh, at different times. He was uh, way ahead of me. Anyway, uh, his attorney, Sirhan Sirhan's attorney, is uh, challenging the governor's reversal as an abuse of discretion. She's saying the governor acted with personal bias, incorporated the wrong law, ignored mitigation evidence, and did not afford Sirhan the same rights as others eligible for parole. Now, I will say, because I, I am always looking for consistency, and I am suspicious when there is selective enforcement. Now, we have seen time and time again, especially over the past two years, people who are committing bad crimes, felonies, burglaries, robberies, assaults, even murders, really not suffer the consequences. So I suppose this would be consistent. But I am of the belief if you assassinate especially someone running for president of the United States. Yes, I know it was a primary, but he was uh, Robert F. Kennedy was running for, uh, for president. That you ought to stay in prison the rest of your life. Choices have consequences. Choices have consequences. Now, I'd be interested in what you think. Do you think that since leniency seems to be the order of the day, that Sirhan could go free. He's now 78 years old. He spent 54 years in prison. Do you think that Sirhan Sirhan should be freed? He is saying, apparently he had a three-and-a-half-minute message that was uh, played during a news conference. I don't have it. Don't really care to play it. I'll tell you what the poignant points were. 
He said, to transform this weight into something positive, I have dedicated my life to self-improvement, the mentoring of others in prison on how to live a peaceful life that revolves around nonviolence. By doing this, I ensure that no other person is victimized by my actions again and hopefully make an impact on others to follow. Well, I say good for you, Sirhan Sirhan. If that is all true, you have made a productive time of your time in prison. And my hope would be that you would continue to influence others to lead nonviolent ways in their lives, if, if in fact that's what you have done. But you have assassinated, even though it was 54 years ago, you assassinated someone who could have become president of the United States. And therefore, I believe that ethically you should stay in prison and be a blessing to all these other people. And again, I'm, I'm more than willing to hear uh, another point of view on that. Do, do you think he ought to be released? So someone named uh, Jen Abru, the ex- executive director of the rehabilitation provider group called Redemption Row California, said that she helped coach Sirhan for 18 months before his parole hearing. He needed help in being able to demonstrate these positive attributes. Huh. He needed help in being able to demonstrate these, pos- these positive attributes. Well, if he needed help doing that, why? I don't understand that. If he needed, Why would he need help doing it if he's doing it? She said, uh, Sirhan has sent a benchmark in prison-based rehabilitation with no disciplinary reports for reports for 49 years to have an immaculate record for almost five decades is the exception not the rule why well, say great i say great then be that blessing to others be that blessing let's go very quickly to the phones 209-551-3483 barbara from Stockton. What's your opinion on Sirhan Sirhan? Well, I believe that he should go free because I don't believe he committed the crime. Even parts of the Kennedy family did not believe that he committed the crime because Sirhan Sirhan, he was in front of Kennedy. Uh, the, uh, Kennedy's headshot was from behind. And what about all of the other uh, bullets that they found, I, I saw this TV program that they had of all the other bullets that they found in the, the walls around where he was, and uh, I just do not believe that he committed the crime. I think it was a setup because of the fact that they did not want uh, Kennedy to be elected president because it was a sure possibility that he was going to be because of his popularity, because of the things that he would have exposed about the murder of his brother. And like so many of the Kennedy family, that's where they have a disagreement. All right, Barbara bringing us some interesting points. I'll react to them uh, in five minutes. Coming up on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360, KFIV.
He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Interesting phone call from Barbara from Stockton just a couple of minutes ago. We're talking about uh, Sirhan Sirhan, who was convicted of assassinating Robert F. Kennedy at the Ambassador Hotel. Robert F. Kennedy, of course, at the time, uh, the... uh, probably would have had he lived had a good chance of becoming uh, the next president of the United States. He had won the uh, Democratic primary in California, uh, but, uh, well, Barbara and and there are others feel that, nope, Sir Han did not commit that. I have a little background to give on that, but let's go back to the phones. I want to continue to get your reactions to this. Do you think Sirhan Sirhan should stay in prison or should he be released? Our number 209-551-3483. Joan is in her car. Joan, what do you think about Sirhan Sirhan? Well, I don't have an opinion about whether or not he should be released. But I do have an opinion about the previous caller, and she's a perfect example of the failure of schools to present history to students. I mean, I saw the film about shooting that night, and there's no doubt in my mind uh, that Sirhan had a gun in his hand and pulled the trigger. Number two, Kennedy was a credible candidate for president. I probably would not have voted for him, but I, I believe he would have been elected in that. It would have been another Kennedy-Nixon race, and Kennedy would win it. Think about how that might have changed the Vietnam War and changed the way society is today. That's Sirhan's real impact interesting perspective i i think you're right joan it could have had profound implications for the united states of america so you're uh you're aligning and with those that would say nope we we saw the we saw the video we've seen the evidence we believe that he in fact was the one who shot robert f kennedy Therefore, he ought to remain in prison. So well, that... well, you know, it, it's, just, it's just like 9-11. You know, the, the networks decided not to show pictures of those planes hitting the building. Mm. Well, that changes the way people think about that event. We haven't seen any film of that assassination in 54 years. So people who have you know, been through school since then, don't have that visual of that event and make comments like your previous caller made. It's interesting how, yeah, how how history often is formed or reformed uh, by the media. Joan, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Joan bringing an opposite perspective from Barbara saying, look, I've seen the evidence. I believe that Sirhan was 
uh, guilty of uh, assassinating Robert F. Kennedy, and therefore he ought to uh, stay in prison. Uh, Again, uh, and I'll review one or two of the points people have made over the years regarding the fact that they believe, as, as Barbara has said, that Sirhan did not assassinate Robert F. Kennedy. Uh, and, and Barbara, we thank you for bringing that perspective. Joan, thank you for bringing yours. I, I tend to believe, more than tend to believe, I believe he was the, uh, uh, the shooter. Let, let me uh, just review a couple, just very quickly, uh, a, a couple of the viewpoints over the years that provided an, an opposite opinion. A man named Paul Schrade was a close associate of Robert F. Kennedy, and he, in fact, he was with him the night he was assassinated. By the way, Rosie Greer of uh, the old L.A. Rams was there. Remember Rosie Greer being there with Robert Kennedy? Uh, Just uh, uh, the the whole, I can can see the, uh, the news video in my mind with great clarity. But anyway, Schrade was there, apparently. Schrade is now in his 90s. I believe he's still alive. And he has long said that LAPD framed Sirhan. Sirhan. Uh, The Washington Post said that Schrade said the lead crime scene investigator lied when he testified that he test-fired Sirhan's gun and the bullets matched those taken from Kennedy and two other victims. Subsequent investigation showed that the test bullets did not match the victim bullets. Now, that's Mr. Schrade's opinion. Uh, NBC affiliate KGET in Bakersfield says Schrade believes Sir Hand was not the one who shot and killed Kennedy and that a second gunman was involved. So they say for the past 52 years, Schrade has been working to bring to light evidence, he says, proves Sirhan was not the one responsible for killing uh, Kennedy. There's another person named Denise Bodan, B-O-H-D-A-N. She's a lawyer and filmmaker, and uh, she believes uh, the only witnesses who could clearly identify both Robert F. Kennedy and Sirhan at the time of the shooting put them about three feet apart facing each other, yet Kennedy was shot behind his right ear at a distance of not more than an inch. The other shots uh, were from not more than six inches away. Sirhan never got that close. And uh, there's also an allegation that the LAPD hid, destroyed, and lied about evidence over the years. And then uh, she said Sirhan was hypnotized to believe that he was back at the target range where he has spent an earlier portion of the day I believe what Dan Brown, one of the foremost experts on hypnosis in the nation, uncovered after 60 hours with Sirhan that he was in a grip of illusion that he was back at the range. And that's why he pulled out his gun and fired. It had nothing to do with Robert Kennedy. Okay, that's a point of view. I'm, I'm going to come back to... And again, our phone number here, 209-551-3483, to get your opinion on whether Sirhan Sirhan ought to remain in prison or be released. Let me read his quote again, and this is from a day or two ago, I believe, a a three-and-a-half-minute message that was played during a news conference. 
Here are his words. To transform this weight into something positive, I have dedicated my life to self-improvement, the mentoring of others in prison, on how to live a peaceful life that revolves around nonviolence, he said. Now, here's here's what I'm centering upon. By doing this, I ensure that no other person is victimized by my actions again and hopefully make an impact on others to follow. What's he, what, what's he talking about when he says he wants to ensure that no other person is victimized by his actions again? What actions is he talking about? I, I'm looking at his own words here. It leads me to believe, although he has denied over the years, apparently, remembering the incident. It sounds to me like, by doing this, I ensure that no other person is victimized by my actions. What does that mean? What do you think victimized by my actions mean? To me... It means he committed the crime. Uh, it sounds like. And uh, so I I am not convinced that he was not the shooter. Uh, and I appreciate those of you who have an opposite viewpoint. It causes us to think, and that's always a good thing. It causes us to weigh the evidence. It causes us to look back at history. It causes us to research a little bit. All of that is good. Again, my, where I'm at, I believe he was the assassin, and as such, that he ought to remain in prison. And so maybe I ought to rephrase the question that I gave you originally, and that is, if you believe that Sirhan Sirhan assassinated Robert F. Kennedy, do you think he ought to remain in prison for the rest of his life? Obviously, if you don't believe that he was the assassin, then it would follow that you don't think he ought to remain in prison because he wasn't guilty of the crime. So that's a good point that Barbara brings up. So I'm going to rephrase the question. If you believe that Sirhan Sirhan, in fact, assassinated Robert F. Kennedy, should he, as his attorney, is pleading with a superior court judge in L.A. that Sirhan Sirhan ought to be released from prison where he spent 54 years and is now 78 years old. We can continue that conversation in three minutes. 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Been talking about the the appeal by Sirhan Sirhan's attorney down in Los Angeles to a, a judge down there to overrule. Governor Gavin Newsom's decision not, his recommendation, or rather his decision not to go by a parole board's recommendation that Sirhan Sirhan, the uh, alleged and convicted uh, 
man who assassinated Robert F. Kennedy, that he be uh, released from prison. You know, there have been a series of, of these decisions of late. You think of the parole board's recommendation that John Hinckley uh, be re- released. Remember, Hinckley uh, tried to assassinate President Ronald Reagan 40, what, 40, 41 years ago? And uh, I, I don't think he ought to be released either. D- don't choices have consequences? And especially when it involves elected officials. I I just, I I believe if we don't do this, it's like to me, and maybe I'm being too simple about this. Maybe I'm just not getting it. To me, I, I liken it to this issue where in California, well, you, you can steal from, retail places up to 900 some odd dollars uh, a day or whatever. And uh, that that's okay. We're not going to prosecute you. What, what does that lead to? That leads to the tacit permission of criminals to do more thefts. Does it not? It's basically saying, okay, you have carte blanche permission by the government, no less, to keep on stealing, uh, to keep on robbing retail stores, as long as you don't take more than $900 or whatever it is. Well, to me, if people who assassinate public leaders eventually can be allowed to go free, it, it sets the standard that, well, you can do that, and you have the opportunity ultimately to go free. I'm of the opinion, if it can be proven, that with malice aforethought, with planning ahead of time, you intentionally kill someone. And I don't mean on the spur of the moment. I, I, I don't mean second-degree homicide. I'm not talking about justifiable homicide, etc., I'm talking about malice aforethought, first-degree murder. That means there's planning involved. That means there's prior intent involved. That means a strategy is cooked up. That means you think about where this person is going to be. Uh, You plan to encounter them. You plan to have a weapon with you, and then you, no no pun intended, execute the crime. To me, that needs to carry with it at least life imprisonment. I'm not going to argue the death penalty on that. At least you need to be taken out of circulation so that you are no longer allowed to operate within society because you are an assassin. And to me, it doesn't matter whether you assassinate a mother, a grandmother, a dad, a grandpa, a young person of no notoriety versus a high-profile candidate for president. To me, it's killing another person with malice aforethought, with planning ahead of time, with the intent to assassinate them. If you do that, you do not get back into society. That's that's my viewpoint. And again, I'm, I am not talking about second-degree murder. 
I am talking about the planning, the strategies that go into intentionally with a plan, with the capacity to carry out that plan and carrying out that plan. You kill someone you don't belong back in society. Well, Mike, here you call yourself a pastor. Where, where is your pastoral compassion? Well, let me say this. God has rules. In fact, they were written in stone a long time ago. They were called the Ten Commandments. And so you see there's a universal divine Judeo-Christian ethic behind all of this that says intentionally taking the life of another is a serious thing. And society, if it's doing its job, prevents that from happening again by making sure that you don't come back into society. And if it is true that Sirhan Sirhan has been a model prisoner, I say great. If it is true that he has helped other prisoners by teaching them to be nonviolent, I think that's wonderful. And he's 78. I hope whatever life he has left that he encounters and teaches and influences and motivates other prisoners to not kill. That would be a wonderful thing. But I don't believe he belongs back out in society. Now, wearing the pastoral hat, do you think I'm being too hard-headed about this? You think, Pastor Mike, you're, you're just not getting it. You're just, where, where's your compassion, compassion? Where's your grace? Where's your mercy? And I would say, well, it's steeped in Scripture because choices have consequences. Choices have always had consequences since the beginning of human history. And to me, if we're going to have a healthy society, to me, if we're going to be able to live in safety, relative safely, safety, we need to make sure that laws of first-degree homicide are enforced and that the penalties are such that people don't enter back into society. Anyway, you are welcome to either agree or disagree with that. I'm more than willing to hear pushback on that. Our number, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. By the way, have you heard, just a note here before we hit the top of the hour and news, weather, and traffic, Caltrans is apparently... Uh, doing some remodeling of the trains. Uh, And I have often taken the train from uh, Modesto down to Bakersfield and then the the bus, which doesn't excite me as much, from uh, Bakersfield to Pasadena. I I love that train ride from Modesto to Bakersfield. I I enjoy it uh, on the San Joaquin Corridor. Apparently, they're going to have wider aisles, comfortable seats with more legroom, Wi-Fi, and USB ports. Also going to have bike racks and room for larger luggage. And uh, they say the coach cars seat up to 70 passengers. They're all ADA accessible. And uh, the new and improved trains will start service soon. Well, that's 
That's good. I, I, I appreciate and I have many, many, many times taken the train. And I, w- I would love for the train to go, go all the way to Pasadena. That's where I have relatives. That's where I grew up. I would love for it to go all the way to L.A. doesn't really do that. Again, the Bakersfield bus ride doesn't excite me. What does excite me is I'll be back with you in three minutes on the Mike Douglas Show after news, weather, and traffic right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, back in five minutes. The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on this fine Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we uh, as we are towards the end of the week, believe it or not. I can't believe how fast these weeks go. They're just zipping by. Maybe Maybe it's just I'm getting older. Do, as, as you age, do you find that that time tends to go faster? Or is it is it just our minds? I don't know. It's just these weeks seem to just speed by. And uh, again, truly, I look forward to uh, our time together because you, you are so good at, at being willing to discuss a variety of different issues, to look at them from different viewpoints, and to uh, discuss them rationally, reasonably, and respectfully. I deeply appreciate that. And because you're willing to do that, I look forward to being with you 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. And uh, when I say I'm your concierge for conversation, I mean that. And it's a, it's a tremendous privilege. Uh, I consider it a blessing to be able to do that with you. All right. Uh, did, any of you remember... The, the film called Conspiracy Theory, I think that was the name of it, came out, uh, I think, 1990, no, wait, yeah, 1997, I think, 96, 97, maybe, it was a, a Mel Gibson movie, Conspiracy Theory, and I don't remember all the details, I, I remember I didn't watch it when it was in theaters, I saw it. I think at the time I just when I had a red box, you know, when you went to red box and you actually got DVDs out of red box. Anyway, I think that's where I saw it. it, it anyway, that whatever, I, I believe the name of it was conspiracy theory. And in that uh, Mel Gibson, uh, the, the upshot of it is he, he feels that he's being monitored and uh there's a and i forget who the the female was was it julia roberts maybe that that played the the female opposite uh, mel gibson anyway at at the end of the movie he he seems to triumph over uh the government and the black helicopters and and the eavesdropping they were doing on him and he he pretty much proved that in fact he had been uh, being observed and monitored, and at the very end, it seems like he's freed. In fact, I think I remember the last scene. He's he's riding this horse uh, with abandon to uh, kind of shows that he has 
this new freedom, and he's out there riding a horse in the open. And uh, I think it's uh, the female, was it Julia Roberts? Maybe I think she's in a truck or a car. Anyway, she's driving along watching him. I don't think he knows that she's watching, but she's smiling because she's happy that he he is now happy and he feels free. And then there's this long shot. There is this long shot, and as the camera zooms out, you see, and I think it was in the upper left-hand corner of the frame, a black helicopter, a black helicopter, one of those kinds that are quiet, just very quietly still following him at a distance. All right, so then moving ahead a little bit, I saw, I think, every single episode of Person of Interest with Jim, uh, Jim Caviezel. Anybody watch Person of Interest? My wife and I, we watched, I think, every single episode. I thought at the very end, maybe they were running out of script ideas. Uh, what was the the last computer program they were battling? I think it was called Samaritan or something. But anyway, same type of thing where everything you did was being tracked. And the hero, uh, Jim Caviezel, I think his name was John in the, in the series, uh, and, and it was about him uh, fighting back uh, to uh, to the authorities who were abusing uh, their their privilege of monitoring citizens. Anyway, those the television series "Person of Interest" and the film Con- "Conspiracy Theory" came to my mind as I saw this particular article uh, this morning, and this is from uh, Just the News. In a little-noted trend, law enforcement agencies at every level of government are increasingly buying data from private third-party data brokers on our phones, and our Internet activities are being tracked, often without a warrant. Now, those who say this is a good idea say, well, it's a critical help for investigations. Those opposed to it say, look, this sounds like a serious violation of our civil liberties, and it needs to be addressed maybe by legislation. The Electronic Frontier Foundation is dedicated to defending civil liberties in the digital world. Defending civil liberties in the digital world. And apparently, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, otherwise known as EFF, apparently recently got a hold of a bunch of records through uh, the FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, as well uh, from local and, and state police departments, as well as federal entities. And apparently, they purchased a cell phone tracking tool that can monitor people's movements. Going back months in time, they found out. And this tool is called Fog Reveal. And it's a product of a company called Fog Data Science. And it says it has billions with a B of data points of, oh, over 250 million devices that can be used to learn where people work, where they live, and who they associate with. Does this bother you any? So Fog... 
apparently has in the past or currently contractual relationships with at least 18 local, state, and federal law enforcement clients. The Associated Associated Press reports law enforcement has used the fog data for a wide range of investigations from the murder of a nurse in Arkansas to tracking movements of a potential participant in the January 6th Capitol riot. Fogg says, well, this is helpful so that law enforcement agencies can better do their jobs. I'm all for law enforcement agencies doing their jobs. I'm not in favor of invasive tracking of who I am, what I do, who I associate with, how I spend my money, the whole ESG issue is uh, its looming large in our lives, my friends. The uh, let's see, Matthew Broderick, I assume not, not the actor. Uh, he's a fog managing partner. Told Associated Press. Local law enforcement is at the front lines of trafficking and missing persons cases, yet these departments are often behind in technology adoption. We fill a gap for underfunded and understaffed departments. Well, an attorney for the Electronic Frontier Foundation named Aaron Mackey told Just the News, reporting and a recent investigation by EFF confirms that law enforcement across the country is regularly getting access to our private movements with the ability to retrace our daily lives, and I underline this, often without a warrant. The attorney says this is an end run around the Fourth Amendment and permits broad surveillance that can sweep up anyone who happens to be near the scene of a crime. Now, even even some folks that you might not otherwise think would be opposed to this are saying, hey, time out, my friends. Senator John Wyden, a Ron Wyden, rather, he's a Democrat from Oregon, uh, wrote a letter last week to the inspectors general for the Justice, Defense, and Homeland Security Departments. And he said that a whistleblower contacted his office about alleged warrantless use and purchase of this data from NCIS. Oh, say it's not true. NCIS, one of my favorite law enforcement. Tell me the real NCIS is not doing this. And again, it's part of the Navy, as you know, Naval Criminal Investigation Service. According to Senator Wyden, the whistleblower came to him after filing a complaint through the official reporting process with the Pentagon. So Senator Wyden is requesting that the agency watchdogs investigate warrantless purchase of Americans' internet traffic data. He expressed concern that by obtaining information from third-party data brokers and avoiding any judicial review process, government agencies are circumventing the Fourth Amendment's warrant requirements, which are meant to protect against unreasonable searches 
and seizures. So what do you think, my friends? Does this worry you at all? It doesn't set well with me, and I'm big on law enforcement. I am a big law enforcement proponent. I am not a proponent of violating our Fourth Amendment rights. And I believe that we are sinking further and further into allowing the slippery slope of governmental agencies learning more and more about us without warrants based upon our technology. And this ought not to be so. Now, I'm guessing, how many of you read when, when, when you power up your iPhone or your smartphone, when, when you sign on to an Internet service, how, how many of you read the, read the 4 billion pages of fine print I'm, I, I don't, and I'm guessing, and I'm guessing that somewhere in there, there's something that we have agreed to without reading it that says the government can spy on us without a warrant. I'm guessing. I don't know that. How do you feel? Are you, are you worried about the fact that the government, apparently law enforcement agencies in the government are surveilling you without a warrant? Are you? Does that concern you at all? Let's talk about it. 209-551-3483. I'll be back in three minutes. We'll open the phones. 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I've been talking about this article from Just the News, which says that apparently uh, both uh, local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies are buying information about us without warrants. And again, I'm a big supporter of law enforcement, uh, but I'm, I'm a big supporter of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Fourth Amendment, and the law needs to be enforced in the spirit of the law, which is why I so much appreciate, appreciate the law enforcement agencies that I'm most connected with here in Stanislaus County, uh, Jeff Dirksy, the sheriff of the Stanislaus County Sheriff's Department, and uh, and Modesto Police Department, I, the, the Chief Brian uh, Gillespie, the, both, absolutely both wonderful people, upstanding folks, and I think they're doing a fantastic job. But I believe that even law enforcement needs to obey the law, especially when it comes to state and federal law enforcement. I think there's been a lot of abuse lately, uh, especially on the federal level. Let's find out what you think. Let's go to the phones, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Let's hear from Sam in Modesto. Hi, Sam. Uh, it's all yours. Hello, well, Sam. I tell you, going, going back a ways, Obama wanted to have a special police force. I don't know if you recall that or not. I don't know. 
it probably would have consisted mostly of the Black Panthers, but I don't know for sure. But I think that what he's leading to, and that just recently Hillary called the Republicans Nazis, and I feel that they are setting up with this additional IRS, they've taken away our guns, taken away our bullets, I feel that they are setting up a Gestapo. It will be the American Gestapo, not the German Gestapo, but the American Gestapo. Something to think about. I don't know when I've thought about it, but believe me, something to think about. Sam, let me ask you this. And when, when you talk, by the way, this whole deal of 87,000 more IRS agents that are armed doesn't set well with me at all. And uh, the the abuse of the FBI by the higher-ups, I mean, I believe it is abuse of authority by the higher-ups in the FBI and by the federal government as well is, is a very dangerous thing. Let me ask you, do you think these abuses of authority right now, do you think that's intentional? Or is it just people having a thirst for power and uh, running beyond the boundaries they should have? In other words, do you think it's more of an accidental pursuit of power, or do you think it's intentional? No, I think it's, I think it's, it's their game plan. Okay. Like I say, what's the difference? I think it's a game plan. I want to say something else, okay? Uh, I'm in my 96th year. A World War II veteran, served aboard ship, and also served in the Air Force, stacked from 55 to 57. I enlisted both times for a country that's going in the septic tank. It makes me sick. And I contributed to Trump. I was for his belief. I believe in him. He's a business person. And, you know, I sent generous donations to both he Kevin Nunes and to McCarthy told them that I would like to get, I've got input that would have won the election for him. All I want them to do is hear me. You know, just because I'm not an attorney or I'm not in politics doesn't mean that I don't have a brain. Sam, I think, of things, I, I think you are amazing. I think and, re- I, and you are 96 years well, old, is that right? Yes. I'm in my 96th year. I had my 95th birthday. When you have a birthday, you're celebrating that you live that many years. You know, <laughs> hey, people think that you're just starting. Amen to that. You're starting your 95th. Well, yeah. Sam, I... You're starting that. B- before we go on, first of all, I want to thank you for being an American hero. There are not many Sams like you left in our world today. You are an inspiration to more people than you know. And I want to thank you on behalf of all level-headed Americans for the sacrifice that you have made to serve your country and the legacy that you have left us. I don't, and that's not an empty platitude, I, I really want to say that to you on behalf of, I think, more people than you can possibly imagine. So, Sam, thank you on behalf of many of us, again, for that legacy that you have left us. You 
I think, are a treasure to America, and we need to acknowledge the wonderful, wonderful impact that you've had upon our country. I just wish there was a way that I could communicate with the politicians, because believe me, what I've said is a drop in the bucket of what I contribute, can tribute, you know, but I don't know who the hell to talk to. Well, you know, can't get the message. Sam, I I think uh, I think you made a uh, a great stride ahead today because there are a lot of people listening to you right now. Sam, I've unfortunately got to run. I got to hit a mark here. Uh, Thank you so much for calling. As far as I'm concerned, you're an American hero. Thank you. Thank you for the legacy that you have left us. Sam, 96 years old. Holy smoke. Thank you, Sam. All right, I'll be back. And we'll hear from George from Patterson in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. They've been talking about cell phone monitoring and how a third-party business uh, folks like Fog Reveal and uh, agencies like that have uh, apparently been contracting with law enforcement agencies, local, state, and federal, to obtain information, often without a warrant, about who we are, where we go, where we are, who we associate with, all of that information from our cell phone by monitoring our cell phones. And we're talking about concerns, uh, Fourth Amendment concerns there about our privacy. Let's see what you think, 209-551-3483. Are you concerned about local, state, or federal government officials getting information about our movements and about us off our phones without a warrant? 209-551-3483. George from Patterson has been patiently waiting. George, welcome. What are your thoughts? What do I think? I think that uh, you know that's a little um, that's a little bit more than invasion of privacy because you know they they can track you anywhere even though even though, let's say you give out your phone number you give out your cell phone number right away they can send you a letter uh, right to your home and the reason why I say that is because I ended up calling a ex uh, teacher that helped me a lot back when I was younger and um, they ended up calling sending me a letter. Uh, back home and saying, uh, please stop calling this uh, high school because uh, please just, just just stop calling us. <laughs> and they, they are, and I ended up giving out my cell phone to that teacher and they ended up sending a letter. And I do believe they are tracking us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very concerning. And, and even if you, <laughs> even if you try to go off the grid, unfortunately for many of us, it may, it may be too late. I mean, the information's yeah, out there, right? Yes, I agree. Uh, one quick question that I want to ask you. Uh, you mentioned the program, um, the movie Conspiracy. What was the other second show you mentioned? Yeah, it was a television show called Person of Interest. 
And it starred... A person of interest. Yeah, uh, Jim mm-hmm. Caviezel. And uh, wow. I, I can't remember who, who played his handler there, but it, it, I thought it was an wow. excellent show. And but it, it, Oh, okay. What? Uh-huh. I, I, was gonna, I, was, I was just going to ask you, um, where can I see that program? Because <laughs> it sounded interesting. Yeah, well, it it, uh, it it dropped off the radar screen a couple of years ago. It, it ended its run. Uh, but I, I would imagine if you, if you just uh, uh, do a, a browser check on it, why, again, it's called Person of Interest, uh, starring Jim mm-hmm. Caviezel. And it, mm-hmm. to me, I, I think it's it makes you think. And it, it again, the, the, the whole theme was that there uh, were, are, and maybe always will be in our age of technology, uh, entities that are yeah. watching us all the time. And, uh, it, and, and, and again, the, the, the whole premise of the program was to be able to try to get off the grid and right many wrongs mm-hmm. that had, a re, uh, had resulted from that. So anyway, I think it's, uh, it's either life imitating art or art imitating life. I'm not sure which, life, yeah. George, but it's, it's, uh, it's cause for concern. Uh, George, appreciate the call. Appreciate yes, the thoughts there. Uh, and again, I, I, I am not a n- normally a conspiracy theorist, but I'm also a realist. And by the way, our producer here uh, says it appears, person of interest appears to be available on Netflix, Amazon, Prime and and possibly Hulu, again that's a person of interest. Uh, a couple of you have messaged me saying, uh, "Yeah, I I like that. Uh, good good show. I thought it was very well done. Like any other show, however, towards the end, I thought it it began to stretch a little bit beyond what I thought was a, a good plot." But that happens with many <clears throat> with many shows, isn't it? Many television series. Even I remember the Beverly Hillbillies, which was one of my favorite shows growing up. I th- towards the end of its run, it, it got a little too far afield. I think sometimes television shows overstay <laughs> overstay their worth uh, their worthiness. Uh, and but anyway, and I think Person of Interest probably delved into that a little bit. Uh, later on uh, towards the end of its run. But overall, I thought it was an excellent uh, series and, and really, really made you think uh, as well. By the way, not thinking of conspiracy theories, uh, but maybe other things that might be preying upon your mind at the moment, Forbes is reporting that rates for home loans are continuing to surge for the sixth consecutive week. Why are you bringing up that up, Mike? Well, because it's T-minus 40 days until an election on November 8. And in my opinion, if we don't like the way things are, we need to be the agents of change. And as agents of change, one of the ways that we begin that change is by voting appropriately and intelligently and with sufficient information to be able to make a reasonable assessment of are the people I'm voting for, will they act in a way that is in accordance with what I believe? 
America ought to be? Uh, do, do they believe in preserving the Constitution as it was written? Do uh, they believe in the rule of law? Do they support the Judeo-Christian ethic that has been at the foundation of this country since its founding? Do all of these things need to play? And, and uh, again, I just uh, I, I do not tell you what to do, and I shall not tell you what to do. I do provide encouragement, and one of my encouragements is to take a look at upcoming decisions and elections, not in terms of the D or the R that comes at the end of a politician's name, Democrat, Republican, Independent, whatever it might be. I'm encouraging everyone to look at the facts, look at the way this person has voted. What type of record do they have? What type of what, what do they leave in their wake? That's, that's my popular metaphor, like a, like a boat that's proceeding through a calm lake, and it creates ripples behind it. What kind of ripples do the people we're voting for create behind them? Are they ripples that we can get behind, or are they ripples that we think might be destructive? And I think it is so important for us to think of things that way. There are Democrats that, uh, you know, I'm looking at uh, someone like Tulsi Gabbard. And I don't agree with everything that Tulsi Gabbard would say she supports, but I think she's got a level head and she's honest about what she believes. There are uh, Republicans that I... I think need to need to be voted out of office because they don't support the kinds of things that I support. So to me, it's not so much a D or an R or an I or whatever it might be. It's what do they believe in? What have they demonstrated that they believe? Not what they promise. We're used to politicians promising things and then not carrying through with them. But the question is, what do they leave in their wake? For example, here's our vice president creating something in her wake. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. So here's my, seriously, here's my worry that she is going to make a gaffe like that on the international stage sometime that's going to have dire consequences. And and she's had almost two years to prove herself. And so has Joe Biden. And in my opinion, they have failed to rise to what I believe should be the effectiveness and the international stature, and the integrity, and the honesty, and the capabilities of the President and Vice President of the United States. And to me, it's not about being a Democrat or a Republican. it's, It's about, are they capable? In my opinion, neither one has demonstrated over almost two years that they are capable of being in the offices that they're in. So what are we going to do about that? And uh, again, I'm not just picking on Democrats. I'm looking at Mitch McConnell. 
And there are some things I agree with, some things I don't. I, I don't know that he's been the leader that I expect to be the minority leader of the Senate. I really don't. So to me, again, not about a D or an R or whatever it might be. It's about do these people, have they demonstrated that they are capable of executing the duties of the office to which they want to be elected? Yes or no. If they don't, and, and again, we're not, I don't think we'll ever get 100% of what we want, but I'd love to at least get 90%, and I'm not seeing a lot of that in terms of the predominant leadership in Sacramento nor in Washington, D.C. today. Just my thoughts. All right, also want to talk to you uh, about a, a lawsuit that's pending against uh, President Biden to to basically block this hundreds of billions of dollars he wants to uh, refund of student loan debt. Of course, it's not really a refund. You and I are going to pay for that. Let's talk about it in three minutes. Coming up here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. I'll talk about uh, that lawsuit. It's from Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and South Carolina. Very interesting. Again, that's coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So glad you're with us. Thank you for being um, with us today here on the Mike Douglas Show. Our number five, uh, well, I mean, do the area code here, Mike, 209-551-3483. Apparently, there are a couple of states that are suing President Joe Biden to block the cancellation of hundreds of billions of dollars of student loan debt. And, and these states are claiming it was unlawful and harmful to working-class Americans. This is interesting. Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and South Carolina uh, have filed a lawsuit in the U.S. District Court in Missouri saying, wait a minute, Congress did not authorize this debt cancellation, and the president, no matter who he is, lacks legal authority to take that action. And what what's their legal basis for this? Well, they're saying the recent Supreme Court ruling in West Virginia versus the Environmental Protection Agency concluded that the executive branch cannot make law where Congress hasn't legislated it. So these states, again, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and South Carolina are saying, quote, no statute permits President Biden to unilaterally relieve millions of individuals from their obligation to pay loans they voluntarily assumed. Just months ago, the Supreme Court, they say, warned federal agencies against asserting highly consequential power beyond what Congress could reasonably be understood to have granted by statute. All right, so what, what, they're, what they're saying is that the president does not have the constitutional right to make that decision, that that decision is in the purview of 
Congress itself. And we'll see what happens with it. I, <clears throat> again, I, it may delay it for a while. I don't know, but I, I too believe that the, the cancellation, so-called cancellation of hundreds of billions of dollars of student loan debt is detrimental to the uh, United States of America. It's detrimental even to those who are benefiting from it in terms of having their loans canceled. And it's detrimental to those of us who are, as in our case, we're still helping pay off our kids' loans from college, and now we're helping pay off other people's kids' loans. And to me, that's not right. I, 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 I have the responsibility to pay my share. And, and by the way, we said to our kids, you pay this part, we'll pay this part. It, it was, we, we said to them, this is part of you taking responsibility for your education as well. So it wasn't, we didn't provide them 100%. So they participated in the process. And I have no problem paying back a loan that I've committed to. That's what you do if you have integrity. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not holding out a lot of hope that this will actually go anywhere, but at least it brings it up on people's uh, radar screens, and uh, we'll see what happens with it. By the way, speaking of radar screens, coming up in about six or seven minutes, We're going to go to the NFL pregame. It'll be the Miami Dolphins at the Cincinnati Bengals. That's coming up at 5 p.m. Here on Power Talk 1360, KFIV, Fox Sports, AM 1280, and, of course, the iHeartRadio app. Do you folks use, many of you use the iHeartRadio app? I use it almost every day. I, I, I can't hardly think of a day I don't use it. Because there are particular shows that I want to hear. There are particular uh, talk show hosts that I, I, I may not agree with them all the time, but I'm interested in how they think and why they think what they think. And so I use the iHeart app a lot. In fact, I also use it for sports. I use it when I want to tap into USC Trojan football. <laughs> I want to hear the iHeart app. I want to hear those football teams, the pro football. I want to hear baseball. I want to hear sports. I find that a very convenient app, and it's not just because I'm on iHeart Radio. I, I would use that app whether or not I'm here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So, and, and I, I don't get any brownie points or any extra shekels for talking about the iHeart app. I'm just, I'm just saying I use it almost every day, and I, uh, I highly recommend it. Again, uh, coming up in, in just a couple of minutes from now, Miami Dolphins, Cincinnati Bengals. Not only hear it here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, but also on Fox Sports AM 1280 and the, uh, the iHeart app. Quick note for those of you in Stanislaus County, they're having uh, an adoption for dogs uh, with the Stanislaus Animal Services Agency this weekend, and they're going to uh, 
they're going to say we're, we're going to do away with all adoption fees. We're going to waive all fees to adopt these dogs. And these are dogs that uh, they, they have, what, nearly 200 dogs that are ready to be adopted. And uh, the shelter says they're all up to date on their shots. They're microchipped and neutered as well. And so if you're interested, I, I have found... And our family has found, in in recent history, we've only had one dog that we purchased. The others have been rescue dogs, dogs that either have been obtained from an agency like this or that we found uh, almost starving and dead on the street and had compassion on them, brought them into the family. And I'll tell you, I think rescue dogs appreciate you more than dogs that you buy. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Anyway, Stanislaus County, if you're in Stanislaus County, uh, you have that opportunity this weekend. Tomorrow, it's What's On Your Mind Friday. I'll look forward to it. I hope you will, too, 3 to 5 p.m. right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you. See you tomorrow at 3. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.